Hello and welcome to episode 43 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I work with service-based businesses to define their brand and build a marketing strategy that works to their unique strengths and preferences. Today, I am joined by Tyrell Christians, who is a productivity and customer experience expert at her business, Success by Design. Welcome to the show, Tyrell. Thank you, Demi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. And listeners today, Tyrell and I are going to be talking about why customer experience matters. And I absolutely love this topic. I think, you know, we're in this business to make money, but we make money by working with the clients that we adore, ideally. So making sure that they're happy and the experience that they have at every stage really is integral into making your business more successful than it could be otherwise. So Tyrell, I love to start each episode just by defining the basics of what we're talking about, just to make sure that everyone's on the same page, because some of these terms people may not have had before. So what would you say in your words, what do we mean by customer experience? Okay, so, so customer experience is, is, is preempted. It is something that your customer that you've created, where you've already thought about the things that your customer will ask for, will need during his journey with you. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is, this is the difference between that being customer service. Customer service is reactive. Customer service is, um, can I please have a bag of peanuts? Here's your bag of peanuts, sir. Customer experience is, sir, we have peanuts as well as raisins, as well as uh, a beverage kind of thing. Which one would you prefer? Brilliant. Yeah, I like that. I really like the way that you've explained that it's proactive rather than reactive. That's a fantastic way of thinking about it. And I think for small business owners, I think we're all aware of what customer experience is and how it forms a part of our business, although we might not always consider it a kind of something that we need to put focus on in its own right. So I know that this is something that you work with, but why is it so important for us as any business to make sure that we're looking after our customers? Okay, so once you've, you've figured out and you've got a customer through the door, right, and you make that sale and he gives you 100% of his money, whether or not he's going to come back and give you some more money is dependent on the type of experience he has with you, right? And, it's, and it is said, it, studies have shown that about 73% of customers who have a good experience with your company come back and they spend at least about 60% of what they initially paid with you. Those that have an excellent experience spend more and bring other people because they want to share the good news. So it's about returning customers in terms of getting that experience right. And also it helps to reduce your costs because you didn't have to do a marketing spend to get that customer through the door. He came on his own because he had a good experience before. Yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that you shared some statistics there because I feel like it's something that it's something that we all experience and expect as consumers, but when it comes to what we offer, I think often we either feel we're too small to consider it too in depth or we don't have the money to invest in experience-based kind of collateral. Um, but 
honestly, it doesn't have to be that. It is literally the nurturing of the relationship that you've already built. And like you've said, if you can get more customers coming back to you without needing that marketing investment and that marketing spend, it makes everything easier, right? Totally. And I mean, isn't it a good opportunity also as a smaller business to actually say, hey, so thanks for making this purchase with me. Uh, Tell me, did you enjoy everything? You know, what can we do better for you next time? And, And just asking that question, whether or not you can truly fulfill Um, the need or the desire of that customer actually gets him saying, hey, you care what I think. So uh, I'm ex-corporate, my husband's still corporate, but starting my own business didn't mean that I'm suddenly going to cook in the kitchen, right? We order food, (laughs) you laugh, we order food a few nights a week um, and we bring it in. But then um, on our side of the world, uh, the pandemic meant that restaurants actually closed for a while. And then we, um, through this, we got hold of one of the restauranteurs and he started doing things from home, right? Pretty small business, doing it via WhatsApp, in fact. And he wasn't a regular restaurant that we went to, but okay, we took the service. And then he started delivering food. And at first it was good. And we were ordering like weekly. And then it wasn't so good. And then we were ordering less so, less frequently. And then... We basically almost like choked on some pahala. It was that dry. Oh, no. And then we just never ordered again. He never bothered to ask us why. You know, he never once asked us how was the food during the experience. Never once asked us, so why don't you guys order anymore? Or like, hey, you know, what's happening? That he continues to send us a message every week about what he's got on offer and we just don't respond. Wow. Yeah, I think that that's a really insightful story from the point of view of both sides, to be honest, because as a consumer, it's important that you, I feel like it's important that you're asked your opinion because you're not always going to just giving it, give it willingly. Like you're not going to go out of your way to leave a review for something unless you are extremely pissed or extremely happy. Exactly. Helping them curate the experience by giving them honest feedback is great. But as business owners, we need to extend that invite out to them to let them know that it's okay to give us that information. Even even if you didn't want to ask, you could have just taken, made your own deductions from observing my behavior. Was it a pricing thing? You know, maybe the prices are too high. And if you run a few specials, do they order? Or is it possible that something was wrong with the food? I mean, we just stopped auditing after that. And we were never asked, was there something wrong with the last order or something? I mean, just the observations, even without the asking, and you could have you could have gotten a lot of answers there. Yeah, I'm really curious to explore this a little bit more, actually, because I feel like, um, and it's something that I experienced when I was a new business owner, and I'm sure that there are others out there who can relate. I know that there are. But asking for feedback can feel really daunting because, if you feel like you've given a substandard experience in any way, it can be really nerve wracking to ask for feedback. Mm -hmm. So how would you recommend they kind of approach it from a testimonial and a feedback point of view? Is there anything that you would suggest? Well, I, I would suggest if you feel that you are strong enough uh, in a personal sense, do it face to face, ask them, you know, what were your thoughts? On, on what happened. If not, make a phone call, ask someone else, get a friend of yours to say, hey, here's a few clients. Can you give them a call and just say you're doing a review? Because customers are also not, not really wanting to give feedback. 
especially if they do know it's a small business. We all feel sometimes, hey, I need to support small business. Um, someone I know has one, so let me just, you know, buy some food here or use the service. And even though it's crappy, they're like, I'm not going to crap on this guy. And they're going to make an excuse in the head. They're going to say, this is a small business. Let me give them the benefit of the doubt. But they're not going to come back and give you, their, give you their money again or bring their friends with. And that's actually what you want. And you need that feedback. So if you don't want to do it yourself, ask a friend to do it for you. Make a list of a few customers. Just ask him, you know, points to improve. He can say he's doing a survey on the company. Um, he'll maybe phrase it a bit better for you. Send an email. So those are ways of actually asking for that feedback. Yeah, I love that. I think that detaching yourself from it, however you do it, is essential because what they're saying is not a reflection of you as a person. They're not saying it is a reflection of your business as a whole. What they're giving you feedback on is their personal experience and how they felt. And you ignoring that is not going to change it. But you learning from that could provide a better experience in the future. And I mean, as a consumer and as a business owner, I know that it can be true that even if you have a negative experience, how the company deal with that could still mean and redeem your faith or their faith in you. So you could have that customer come back to you again, just because of the way that you handle a negative experience that they have had, if you know about it. That is completely true. I mean, I'm sure like me, you've had quite a few that you could say, oh, okay, you know, I said something about it and it was handled. And I, I want to make a point here. It is very different to ask a customer, someone you don't know that's actually paid for your service versus asking your friend or family member, how do you think my business is doing? How do you think my service is doing? Because as that friend or family member who's not your target customer, Who's not buying from me? If I ask my husband, he's gonna say, "Baby, everything's great." You know, <laughs> I don't want everything's great. I want from my target customer to know what I can do better. Yes, yes, that is essential. And I mean, this is a mild tangent, but I'm just gonna pull out my soapbox for a moment. That goes for everything in business. Like getting feedback from your peers is helpful. Getting feedback from your support network is helpful, but it's helpful more from a cheerleading, positive mindset approach. Whereas getting feedback from your customers, that's where you're going to get those business changing like um, ideas and epiphanies that are actually going to help you shape your business. I see it time and time again, particularly on Facebook groups where there are people saying, hey, what do you think about my new logo? What's your feedback on this idea? It's like, if they're not your ideal client and they're not potentially going to buy from you, their feedback, or they're not an expert, their feedback is not necessarily going to help you. Like it's going to either pander to what you're asking. You could be leading what you want the response to be. So yeah, I think separating yourself from the outcome and just approaching it like you suggested as a survey like send some questions that feel standardized that will get you the answers that you want in a constructive way so ask them why they felt that way ask them if they would recommend you again and if not why not so you can work out how to improve I mean, that's 100% right. And, and the nice thing is, is that when you start to do it, I promise you nobody actually wants to um, sort of lay into you seriously. They actually want to help you. I mean, there's a reason they bought the first time down. You, there was something about what you pitched them, you offered them that they were a definite buy for. 
And obviously, if, unless they spoke up about it then and there, something went wrong, you know that you should be coming back. I mean, if you're, if you're selling, you're providing the type of service that people come back or they refer people, it's a safe place then to ask, listen, this is it. When you're in the industry, tell us what you think we're doing great. Tell us where we think you, you think we could improve. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is a really good point around customer experience, which is very much kind of more at the the end of the experience or the midpoint before they come back and become a repeat customer is what we're hoping for. So if we pull it back a little bit further to more of the start of the journey for our customers, what would you say are good foundational steps for like when you first have a customer that comes on board, when someone first converts, what can our listeners do to build into their business that would have a positive customer experience? Well, what's great is if you could have steps during the process that you're checking in with your customer in terms of what you're doing, um, which is simply like, this is what we're doing. This was what was offered to you. This is where I am in that process. If you're having any delays in providing actually the product or service, inform them, keep them informed, ask them for feedback. And then again, be open to slightly adjusting it. Because what sometimes happens is when you start offering a service in your new business is how you thought the service was going to play out and how what your customer bought into can be different. And this is simply because you're, you're wording it and you've crafted it in your mind in one way and they perceived it in another. And this is a very important concept in terms of customer experience. As business owners, our reality is actually what our customers perceive not what we think we're saying. Yeah. So that's a very important one for us to look at also. Yeah, I love that. I think it's the, it's understanding the expectations on both sides. I feel like it's slightly different for services and product-based businesses, but on the whole, I feel like you can always find a way of approaching this. So for product-based businesses, it's always going to be a bit more transactional the relationship is much more transactional so the communication is absolutely paramount to let them know what's happening when it's happening because as far as they see they send you the money and then they just have to wait until it rocks up on their doorstep whereas with service-based businesses that communication can be key because whether you're a business that books out months in advance or whether you're a business that provides a service on a regular basis again that communication always let your customer know what's going to happen next. Like take the surprise out of it for them because they've already handed over their money. They want to know what's going to happen next. Always tell them what's next. Definitely. I mean, one of the great examples that I can give you is possibly how um, new software products have been setting up and funding themselves. So for example, we would, let's say we were creating a product which was very similar to Facebook. Mm -hmm common thing. Now, as you start out on the journey, you obviously can't build everything out and um, sort of as Facebook would offer to to rival them to begin with. Um, But what you do need to possibly do is start selling subscriptions, um, start selling certain types of offers because you need more revenue. So instead of getting fully invested in one point, some of these guys are actually starting out with a, we call it a, a product map of what this product will hold and a base sort of an MVP, sort of a minimal viable product and selling that for a much lower cost. 
once they get those um, a few cells in, it's like it's like being in beta, but you're kind of being live. Once they get those first few customers in, they actually are in a fantastic position. They're getting live feedback from actual targeted customers about what's happening on the system right now and the software, how it's performing. And they actually start rejigging their roadmaps based on that because customers are saying to them, hey, actually don't give me item number four right now, rather deliver item number 12. That's going to give us the most value. Yeah. And as that's happening, they're asking for testimonials. They're asking for feedback. Their service is fantastic because they, they're hungry for it. Right, the the market is is so is so harsh. They have got to make sure they do it, and they start developing a product, and they start growing it. Mm. And products that have developed and grown like this now today are the likes of Mailchimp, Canva, um, even some of our. Even if you think about it, way back in the day, we even developed some of the Apple products this way. You know, Steve Jobs developed one of the cell phones before. He sold it before he actually developed it. Yeah, and then he found a way to fulfill in that way. Um, but but this happens quite a lot. You know, you, you might start at one point and have an idea of what you need to offer. But as you start letting those first few customers through the service offering, you have to be open to adjusting it. Yeah. To your market. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's a it's a method that I hugely advocate for service-based businesses as well, because I've done it myself. I know others who have successfully, but you, in my opinion, I'm gonna start caveat <laughs> with that. In my opinion, if you're offering a new service or a course or even a product, getting feedback in the development stage is going to save you so much time later on. It will make sure that you've got that saleable product. Like you said earlier, it's making sure that what you're envisioning is what your customers want. So selling your services and selling your course before you've created it is ideal because then you can say, right, I'm going to sell, I don't know, a group program online since that seems to be hugely successful to so many businesses in the last year. Um, I'm going to sell a group program online. This is what I think it's going to contain. Then you go out and you sell that to your audience. You're like, this is what I'm going to say. It's a beta, like you were saying, it's a beta test. So it's a slightly lower price than I'm going to charge when it's at full price. But the understanding is that we will develop it as we go. And we will build this on your feedback, exactly like you were saying with the software examples. And any small business can harness that model. And then as your audience go, oh, well, actually, is this included? That's where you go, yes. And then you build it in. Yes. <laughs> I think this model's worked so successfully in software. It's, it's, I'm, I totally advise lots of people to, to copy it, to, to do what you can and copy it. I myself as well have adjusted as the landscape's adjusted. I mean, things were going fine pre-COVID. However, COVID has meant that we've all had to adjust how we're presenting ourselves, our offers, our pricing. You know, it's just what the market dictates right now. There's a very big difference between being a business that's making money and surviving and being an entrepreneur who's in love with his product and not having an income. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that it's interesting because I wasn't expecting the conversation to kind of go this way, which is fantastic, is that the customer experience isn't just the experience that the customer is having of your services, but it's also almost incorporating that into how you build your business, which is fantastic because it also takes away 
like we were saying earlier, that emotional attachment to the feedback that they're giving, if it's just a step that you do, just as it is like, oh, I, I don't know, send an invoice, I ask for payment, I ask for feedback. If you make it a process, and this is something I condone on huge number of things that may make you feel uncomfortable in business, turn it into a process because then you're detaching the emotion from it. But make sure that you value what you get given back because that is really going to help you shape your business literally from the people that you were trying to build a business with. I mean, for me, we're just going a bit, we're drilling down a bit deeper into what you said earlier. You've got to see your business as separate from yourself. I'm going to go back to the idea of, are you in love with the idea of having your business and having things in a certain way? Or do you, are you interested in having a viable, profitable business? Yeah. Uh, because when, when we're in corporate and you want to know how those guys get big, this is how they do it. You know, they separate themselves from their business and they open up to sort of what can I do to get more of the market in the door, more of my customers happy. And that's the same approach that I advocate we as entrepreneurs take. You know, do you want to make the money or do you want to have dreams, empty and empty pockets? I would prefer to have the money. <laughs> it's interesting because... Like I'm a huge advocate of understanding that your business is there to support the lifestyle that you want to have. So your business and your personal world are just a big old mesh together after a while. And as someone who works specifically within personal branding, so building brands for individuals and like solopreneurs, whatever you want to call yourself, for independent businesses, it's really interesting that you submerse yourself in every aspect of your business and it feels like an extension of you. But at the same time, there has to be a certain amount of detachment or you are just going to be an emotional mess. Like if you don't close a sale, if you haven't detached yourself from the outcome, you're not going to be serving that customer or that potential customer in the way that you best could because you're kind of already putting pressure on the conversation to turn out in a certain way. I'm a, I'm a big fan of trying to relinquish and let go of your expectations and your assumptions um, and your customer experience and talking with your customers and making sure that they are having the best time when they're working with you is a great way of being able to detach it from being how it affects you to how it affects them. Exactly. And I mean, I feel that that maybe the best example that I can give of this is possibly to think of your business. Yes, it's, it's, it's part of you. It's, it's you're intertwined. Your lives are meshed completely. It's part of the reason why I got into entrepreneurship so that I could have my life be more about me than a job for someone else. Really. Um, but you've also got to think of it as something that's close to you that you love, but not part of you. So, for example, is it your home? Is it your car? I love my home, but I'm not going to be overcritical about everything in it. If you come in and you say, I don't like that wall, I don't like that painting, I'm going to be like, I like it. You know, and depending on where we go from there, I'm, I'm going to take that criticism differently. But it comes back to, to, to having an open mindset, to having some uh, emotional intelligence to know that the person's not being critical of you personally. You know, this is what they're experiencing of your service, of your products. It is an item that's close to you, but it is not you in the personal sense. Yes, 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 absolutely. I also think that it's key as well to point out that as much as you should take the feedback from your customers and both positive and negative on board, it doesn't mean you have to action everything that they say. 
like you can get a general feel and a general vibe for trends and themes that are coming through from collective feedback, but not just to kind of change everything about your business based on one review at a time, because that's just exhausting. But over time, the bits that need attention will make themselves known. However, like we were saying at the beginning, it is much better to be proactive and say, right, looking at my customer experience from when they first land on my, I don't know, for example, Instagram page, Mm. what is the experience that they have there? Where do I want them to go next? How do I encourage them to go there in a positive way? And then what is the next step? So always think, right, what's the next step between that and them becoming a client? And then when they are a client, how do you want them to feel? How can you nurture that relationship? How can you over-communicate to make sure that they are fully in the know all of the time? But also it's, it's trying to work out where you can add that little extra. Where can you put in something Uh, where can you surprise and delight your clients? Where can there be a little bit of a flourish that's unique to you? Because that's what they're going to remember you for. Exactly. Um, So I I love what you're saying, Tammy. I mean, I completely agree with you. You do not have to take every single review and change things in your business. In fact, it's better that you observe a few reviews. You've got to remember that not every customer represents your exact same target market. Remember, they're on a scale. It's always a fluctuating scale. What I think is best to do here is actually to, and I'm going to use um, sort of the um, the restaurant here, the food services that I was going to use. I, if I was that person, what would have been great for him if he didn't want to do surveys is to use observations to say, you know, these people all bought this week and look at our frequency of buying and what we were buying and look at our pattern over time. And then possibly you would have come to some assumption, you know what? Because maybe we are the anomaly. Maybe all these foods fantastic and everybody else is buying and we are simply an anomaly. It is possible. It is so possible. If he had gone and changed his recipes based upon just one person's feedback, he'd have problems with all of the other customers. Yeah. So if if you overall your trends, like you said, is positive and great, Okay, then maybe you just don't suit that customer's taste buds specifically, so to say. I think also it's um, it's not waiting for things to go wrong as well. You will often have a mini warning sign from a few customers, like you said, if there's something that feels a little bit unaligned or a little bit off. So if they're, for example, if say your review start off with saying everything was fantastic, everything was excellent, highly recommend, this was wonderful, whatever the experience was. And then you start noticing a couple of reviews that come in saying everything was great, although this would have been nice to have. This could have made it a little bit better. Like maybe you're slipping down to a four star instead of a five star. That is the point where you go, right, okay, this is happening a little bit more frequently. What is it that we need to switch up? And it may just be that nothing has gone from your customer experience, but you haven't grown your customer experience with your business. Yes. And I think that that's something, is that something that you see often with your clients as well? Do you find that the customer experience needs to develop as the business does? I I actually believe that, um, that it has to develop because my products develop. So I'll give you an example. Currently, um, I've introduced video training um, into my business. But I don't usually train on video. I train in person. I mean, you know, 
pre-COVID, we're all thanking person. And simply because I, I didn't have a good experience initially um, doing a training online. Now with this video course that I have out, I actually have like a 30-minute free one-on-one um, because I want to know how things are going on the course. You know, I, I plan to do my tweaking video early on because the way people learn video-wise and in person is totally different. So, I mean, we have to adjust for that. And if your circumstances change or something changes in someone's world, you know, you're going to have to adjust your experience for that. Yes, that's an excellent point, actually. External factors can impact the expectations. And that could be a new person or a new company entering the marketplace that's offering something different. You could have those rebels that come in and disrupt the market. So they're offering something new and unique, and you need to kind of respond to that with the way that you're dealing with your customers in order to retain them. And also, I think it is just that, I mean, it always comes back down to relationship building and it always comes back down to connection right the way from your brand establishments to your marketing, to the way that your customer experiences your business. It's all that, how you make them feel. Think back to the you of a year ago. If you were working with a business long term with the way that you wanted to be treated a year ago, keeping in mind that would be pre-pandemic now. Like on a normal year, I feel like our businesses and ourselves develop so much that we would expect a slightly different experience because we're slightly different people. And so is your your business. I mean, for me and, and also for you, in our businesses, because it's service-based, we do something that helps to improve a business. They're now in a different position. So we need so we have to adjust our strategy. Um, I would say the same if you are a service provider in terms of like a, a technician. If you fix something, the next thing that someone might want to talk to you about is not to fix the same problem <laughs> that you they initially came for. It's possibly to help them with something else. You know, so so as life evolves, our businesses evolve. This is the one thing I love about business. It is actually, it's actually like an organism. It's with us in society. You know, it's just, and it's constantly a teenager. You know, it's really fickle. It's so responsive to the market. I know, I bring it alive for myself. <laughs> Your business is like a teenager. It's always slamming the door and throwing a hissy fit that it doesn't like what's for dinner. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, you, you will see in your numbers, oh, they don't like what's on the market. <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> so when it comes to um, crafting that experience, it's going to be like a tippy top and above your competition and above others in the same realm as you and why people choose you. Like, are there some suggestions that you have on, I mean, I love the phrase surprise and delight. Do you have some extra pointers on how to go the extra mile or surprise and delight your customers? So, um, so I have two big beliefs. Uh, so to say is number one, know your customer and know your competition. So always do your research, look out there who's in the, who's in the market, what your customer wants, you know, and be very objective about it. And then the second point that I would say is quality will always win out. Authenticity will always win out. Give them a quality service. Even initially, if it costs you more than you initially thought, they'll come back, they'll remember it. You know, let, take your lessons. So quality, whatever you're doing, make sure it's a quality experience. 
and know your competition, know your customer. Yeah, I love that. I, I would also add to that, make them feel like they are your most important customer. Definitely. Every single one of them. And as small business owners, it can be um, tempting, shall we say, to throw money at it because I mean, I offer welcome packs with my clients. I also have like a few other things that I'm not going to disclose on here, listeners. You'd have to become a client to find out. But um, in all seriousness, like there are a lot of businesses that seem to think that throwing a welcome pack at someone is enough to make it a positive experience. When actually, if that's all you do, it's not going to be it's not going to be worthwhile. It's how you make them feel throughout the whole process. Make them feel looked after. Make them feel like you are absolutely there for them to answer their questions because you're answering them before they ask. And if they do have a question that they need to ask, answer it quickly and in depth and preempt the next thing that they're going to ask by telling them what's going to happen next. And this, these are things you achieve by knowing your customer. Yes, absolutely. And it's only something that you get to do once you're in the process, in the business. No amount of preparation that you have done when you sat in a room with a coach or whoever is ever going to learn as fast as what you're going to learn, delivering the service and getting that feedback. You know, having that friend do that survey, observing who's buying, who's not buying and asking for it. That is the fastest and best way that you can easily adjust your service and come out winning on the other side. I love that. Um, I'm going to leave this little section on the one thing that I learned in my business. The most helpful question to ask your customer is, what do you need from me? Because that will help guide exactly what it is. If they turn around and say, actually, I don't need anything. All of my questions have been answered you're doing a great job. So think about what else you could do. (laughs) But if they're like, well, actually it would be helpful to know this, or actually I'm kind of unsure about that, or I kind of need this from you. You're, you're getting that feedback without having, um, that emotional attachment to what do you think about this? You're not asking what they think you're asking what they need. And I have found that incredibly helpful when it comes to, um, navigating through both sales calls or just initial contact. It's great if you have someone who's interested in your services, but they're struggling to make a decision. You can ask, well, is there anything else that you need from me? Like it's a really non-pressured question. I love that question. I'm actually going to borrow it on occasion because I I've think it's it written on a post-it note next to my monitor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think that it's such a a strong question that gets such a wonderful response, but it doesn't have that ick to it where it's like, tell me what you think. <laughs> You're 100% right. I mean, it's simply, what do you need from me? And that is a powerful question to ask. And it must reveal quite a few different answers. Yeah. Well, it's, it's reasonably open to interpretation because each of your customers is a beautiful, unique little rainbow and will have different needs and different requirements. But at the same time, again, like we were saying with the customer um, feedback earlier, you'll start to notice trends. If there's something that they would benefit from, but they don't necessarily expect, 
that's one of the questions that will help you understand what that is. So when it comes to um, first steps and improving your customer experience, are there any key things that you tend to see frequently that would be helpful for small business owners to know? Anything that they should be aware of that are common pitfalls? Um, I would definitely say there are a few things that you can look out for. Uh, Firstly, start with your current customer base, right? Customers who have bought you. Sit down and do that observations. The same I spoke about that that, um, restaurant person should have done. Look at who's buying, how frequently they're buying, and what they're buying. And then look at what's not being sold. Observation is the first place to start. And once you have those observations, that actually gives you a great base to start doing some sort of survey from that so that you can best understand what is the gen that you see there. And that's that point where you either email out a questionnaire, you get a friend to call up and say, hey, we're just doing a survey for, you know, the shop on the corner. Or you ask yourself, you know, I've noticed this and I'm interested in how to help you and how I can do better because you're not buying X anymore or you bought once, can I improve in some way? And it's not necessarily, people understand that it's not necessarily that you want them to buy again, but it helps with the customer in the future. This question on its own can actually bring, still let that same customer who possibly has not had, I will say, who's had an okay experience, not a bad one, an okay experience, bring other customers through the door to you. Because he sees that you're involved. He sees that you're, yeah, you take on board what customers say. And he's going to say, you know, you need to go. Go to the shop on the corner. Yeah, that's actually an excellent point that a good customer experience, not only does it save on the marketing budget we were talking about earlier, because they are more likely to become a return customer, but also they may bring in customers to you as well, because the power of a recommendation, you skip so much of that marketing. They'll have a casual squiz through a few of your posts, maybe a couple of your platforms. Maybe they'll just skip straight to your website. But the power of a referral is just, you know, marketing magic, really. And it's even if you are looking, if you have a product that you are targeting, let's say millennials and and Gen Zs with and so forth, we are reliant. We actually do look at referrals. We Google on social media. What do they say about Tammy Hills? You know, we we look there. Then also we're going to listen and and look at groups and stuff. We're not just going to walk through the shop and buy. Maybe in a pinch if we needed something small, but any sort of purchase service level-wise, bigger products, people investigate these days before they come to you. So you've got to show that you're willing to adapt and build some trust outside. Yes, absolutely. 100% trust is such a key point, whether your product, service, whatever it is that you do, whatever your business is, you need to make sure that your customers trust you 100% before they become, like they won't become a customer if they don't trust you. But building that trust and maintaining it and building on it when they're having that experience with you is absolutely key. And I love what you were saying there. I think summarizing kind of a lot of the points that we've spoken about today, I guess it's more be curious rather than attached. Like be curious how your customers feel, be curious what their feedback is and be curious what their experience was rather than being attached and taking it personally because their experience will differ to what it is that you intended. It's just trying to make sure that the two kind of line up eventually. Exactly. 
Exactly. Perfect. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about kind of building a customer experience for small businesses? Uh, well, not at this stage. I mean, I think as, a, as what we've said so far is a fantastic um, starting point. You know, start with your kind of base, observations, surveys. Be curious. Don't be attached completely. Brilliant. That's awesome. So I think that we've kind of covered everything that we wanted to today, which is fantastic. If you could boil it all down to one key piece of advice out of everything that we've talked about, what would be the one thing that listeners could go away today and do to improve or have a look at their customer experience? Observations. Go and sit down and actually look at who's buying what, when, what's not being sold, and, and, and reflect on that. I think that that's an excellent starting point because with everything, we need to review where we are in order to see where we can improve. Exactly. That's fantastic. Thank you so, so much for joining me today, Tyrrell. That's been an absolutely insightful, filled episode. Thank you for having me, Tammy. I must say, uh, it, it, it's been a joy talking with you. I mean, gosh, you're so good at this. <laughs> Why, thanks. I have a podcast. (laughs) So where can the listeners find more about you online? Okay, so um, obviously you can go to my website. It is successbydesign.co.za because I'm South African. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Terrell Christians, hash MBA. I am on Instagram under uh, successbydesign underscore SA. Uh, Yeah, and... YouTube and Facebook. You know, I'm a millennial, so obviously I'm on social media, but just reach out. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So thank you so, so much. And for anyone who wants to go and find out more about Carol, you can go and find all of her links in the show notes below as always. And be sure to join us back here on Thursday when Tara will be sharing her business journey with us in our next brand story episode. So until then, I would love to know how you surprise and delight your customers. So come on over to our community on Instagram or Facebook. And as always, the links are in the show notes and I will see you in the brand lounge.